Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Continue through the book of Acts. If you can, grab your Bibles and go to Acts chapter 20. Go to Acts chapter 20. Uh, I want to welcome all of our family and friends online. Come on, across Calvary Church online. Come on, can we give them a big, big welcome? Calvary Church online, let us know where you're watching from. We love you. Glad that you're watching. Uh, if you don't know, we, we have a study guide available. Uh, over 600 downloads. I think we're approximately about 620, 630 downloads of this study guide, which is absolutely amazing. If you don't have it, can you download it? We're going to put up the link on the screens. It's calvaryconnect.shop. And you can download the study guide of the book of Acts. We're reading daily through the book of Acts. And I don't know about you, but this series has been amazing. It's been a blessing in my life. How good was Pastor Phil last week? He shared a message on Acts part four. And so we're excited about it. Download it if you don't have it. And you could be reading daily with us. Today we're on day number 28. Somebody say 28. And we got about 40 days of reading, and I think it's going to be a blessing to all of our lives. Today is part five already of our series. Next week, we finish the book of Acts. Again, we've been taking a summary approach. In other words, we get two, three, four chapters at a time and summarize them. We're not going verse by verse, but we're giving you a big picture as we read it verse by verse during the week. Uh, Next week, we finish the book of Acts, so I'm pumped about that. It's going to be awesome. And then uh, two weeks from now, we start a brand new series. And are you ready for this one? This was going to be really awesome. It's called When the Devil Comes Knocking. Woo-hoo-hoo. How many know he, he'll knock on your door? Will you answer it when he comes knocking? Trick or treat, he comes knocking on your door. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Acts chapter 20. Go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. As you're going there, look at the person sitting next to you and tell him you look phenomenal this morning. Come on, look at the person on the other side and tell them I'm looking at a very good-looking person this morning. Encourage somebody online. Tell somebody that you're at home with or in your cubicle, in your office with. Acts chapter 20. I love the book of Acts and uh, this part that we're in, we're covering about four chapters today. Chapters 18 through 21. So Acts chapter 5 today, we're looking at Acts chapters 18 through 21. Now, it's kind of crazy because uh, the message I'm going to preach today is a message that I preached almost eight years ago when I first got asked to preach. I actually preached from Acts chapter 20. And so it's kind of crazy that it landed on our fifth year anniversary. I went back and I kind of retouched it a little bit and drew some new notes from it. But Acts chapter 20 is one of my favorite stories in scripture. We're going to go down to verse 7. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. If you're there, can you say amen? Amen. We're going to put it up on the screens if you don't have a Bible. And we're going to begin to read it in verse 7. It says, on the first day of the week, somebody say the first day. That's a Sunday. The church was gathering on a Sunday morning, just like we're here gathered 2,000 years later. Why do we gather on a Sunday morning? It's the day Jesus resurrected, and it's the day that the church started to gather to party and celebrate that Jesus is alive. Come on, somebody. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day. And he prolonged his speech 
until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room when, where we were gathered. And a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. <laughs> and being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, bent over him, and taking him in his arms, he says, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak and so departed. And they took the youth away alive and were not a little comforted. We're going to stop right there. I love this story in Acts chapter 20. It's a long-winded preacher and a young man that falls asleep in church. (laughs) Today, out of Acts chapter 20 in this fifth part, as we're covering some chapters in the book of Acts, if you're taking notes and all of us have been studying together, trying to gather all we can out of the book of Acts, today, I'm going to talk to you from this title, Don't Sleep on This. Don't Sleep on This. Come on, why don't you tap three, four people around you and tell them, don't sleep on this. Don't sleep on this. Come on. Don't sleep on this. We're going to pray. And then uh, we're going to talk about Acts chapters 18 through 21. And then we'll worship one more time. Worship was absolutely phenomenal this morning. What a beautiful spirit in this place. I love a church that sings aloud. And I love our worship team. And I love it. All of us are part of the worship team together as we sing out loud. We're going to sing one more time before we go home. And then we will go home and watch the Dolphins beat the Colts. Amen. Anybody got faith? We need more faith. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace. Thank you for this beautiful family, Calvary, God, here in this physical location, across many locations online. Thank you for this community, this household of faith. Thank you, God. Thank you that you've been faithful the last five years. Thank you that you've provided, you've guided. Thank you, God, that you have been good and you used us to reach, help, teach, and release people around the world to do what you've called them to do. And we play a small story, a small part in your grand story, God. We thank you. We love you. I pray that today out of the book of Acts, speak to our hearts. I pray that today you will awaken us. I pray that today you will open up our eyes to see you, to know you, to know the mysteries of our God. God, help us to understand you better. Heal hearts today, God. Heal hearts. Awaken those who have been asleep, God to do all that you've called them to do. God, we thank you. We love you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Come on, all of God's people say. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. In the year 2020, in the month of July, there was an Australian pilot that was traveling from point A to point B. He was actually trying to get over to an island, and uh, the last few days, he had been on a journey. He had gotten almost no rest, and all of a sudden, as he was in the air, for 40 minutes, they were not able to get in contact with him. The plane was flying, and nobody was able to get in touch with the pilot, and for 40 minutes, everyone was wondering where the pilot was and where the plane was headed. After about 40 minutes... The pilot woke up to realize he had fallen asleep and left the plane on autopilot. In fact, he had been asleep for 40 minutes, and what he came to realize 
was that he missed his destination by almost 70 miles. He overflew his destination by almost 70 miles because he had fallen asleep at the wheel of a plane. Days and weeks that followed it actually brought a big investigation as to why he fell asleep. And there was different reasons. He said he had gotten no rest. Other people talked about the lack of oxygen that there was at the altitude that he was flying. But he fell asleep while flying a plane and missed his destination. Have you ever fallen asleep in the wrong place? I remember, I remember when I was about 10, 11 years old, the church that I grew up in used to love to do prayer vigils at night. We used to call them vigilias. If you grew up in Spanish church and you know what I'm talking about, make some noise, vigilias. Come on. At 10 years old, we were not making noise for vigilias. Right. And let me just tell you what that means. What that means is that you would get to church maybe around 9, 10 o'clock at night and you would pray all night, possibly until 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. And my sister's here. She can testify. Our church loved Vigilias all the time. And so we had a real fun childhood. And uh, I do remember this one time me and my friends were sitting toward the back of the church. And we were young. All the adults were praying in the front. And the pastor at one point asked everybody to come forward, kneel down at the platform, and pray together. And so everybody started praying. And after a while, everybody started going back to their seats. It was only the first quarter of the all-night prayer vigil. And as everybody started going back to their seats, I remember looking and my dad was still up in the front. And I was inspired by my father, a man of prayer, a man dedicated to God's service and God's presence. And uh, my friends and I were talking and we were trying to be quiet. I mean, we were young and every once in a while I kept looking. I'm like, my dad is still praying. He's going in like my dad is a prayer warrior, man of God. No lie, probably about 20, 30 minutes went by. And all of a sudden, as I'm looking, my dad, have you ever like woken up from sleep a little scared? And I realized he, he jumped, right? He was his face down on the platform and, and he does one of those. He jumps, right? And I realized my dad had not been praying. He had fallen asleep in church at a prayer vigil. Have you ever fallen asleep at the wrong place? I think a lot of us, if we're not careful, not only can we fall asleep physically, but we can also fall asleep on God. We can fall asleep to God's plans, purposes, and destinies for our life. And if we're not careful, miss a destination that he has for us. Because we've fallen asleep at the wheel. In fact, I'll say this. I think today, what we have to be careful is that we can be physically awake, but spiritually asleep. You can be physically awake. You're active. You're going from place to place. You're here at church. You, you are taking notes. You're, you're here. You're, you are in a relationship. You are in a marriage. You go to work. You, you go and you show up. You clock in and you clock out. You check your emails. We go about our day. We drive to work. We drive back. Physically, we're awake. Physically, we're active. Physically, there's motion in our life. But spiritually, asleep. Spiritually asleep to all that God wants to do, to all that God is saying, to all that God is trying to do in our life, in our city, in our community, in our marriage, in our families. I wonder if today some of us have fallen asleep to God's word, to God's Holy Spirit, trying to whisper into our lives, trying to talk to us, trying to direct us. We just finished 21 days of prayer and fasting because we're saying, God, we don't want to be asleep. We want to hear your voice, guide us, lead us, correct 
protect us, help us to see your hand. But if we're not careful, we're asleep to all that God is doing. I wonder if today some of us are here watching online and and you've fallen asleep spiritually. You've fallen asleep to God's purpose over your life. You've fallen asleep to all that God wants to do in and through your marriage, through your relationships, through your families, what God can do with your resources, what God wants to do with that dream, that gift, that calling that he put in you, and you've lost your passion. You've lost the power that you once had. You lost the vision that you once had, and you've fallen asleep. Asleep. And time keeps going. Five years. It looks like they went in a blink of an eye. Five more years will go in the blink of an eye. And what are you doing with all that God has given you? With every opportunity, with every gift, with every resource. And today you're probably here and because life has been hard on you or you've gone through some offenses, you've gone through some bumps in the road, you've fallen asleep and you're sleeping on God's gift. You're sleeping on the Holy Spirit. And I just felt like today God is telling some of us, don't sleep on this. He's on the move. He is moving in our city. He's moving in our church. He wants to move in your life come on tell your neighbor don't sleep on this come on I think today God is trying to wake some people up to say I've formed you I made you in your mother's womb I got a plan and a purpose and a call over your life I know sometimes life is hard but don't you sleep on this he is God and he's God all by himself and he can use you guide you anoint you put his hand over your life stop sleeping on what God is trying to do And he's trying to awaken his church. And he needs a church that's wide awake. I'm wide awake. (laughs) I don't know why I just sang that out. He needs a church that's wide awake to every opportunity. A church that's not afraid to step into the darkness and shine the light. A church that's not afraid to give and say, let's make a difference around the world. A church that's not afraid to open up their mouth and proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need a church that doesn't go to sleep, but that's wide awake and say, God, here I am. Send me. Can I get an amen? Amen. Don't sleep on this. He's on the move. I know it looks like dark times all over the world, but the darker it gets, the brighter we shine. Come on. That's why he called us to be children of light, the Bible says. Today, I want to tell you, God's on the move. And if you sleep on it, you might miss the destination. God is moving. God is working. God is healing. God is saving. God is on the move. Are you sleeping on all that God has for you? Some of you with talents, with giftings, you've let this past year and a half put you to sleep. You let the challenges put you to sleep. You let the difficult times put you to sleep. Stop attending groups. Stop going to church. Stop giving. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm just going to worry about my life. You're physically awake, but spiritually, don't sleep on this. Because sometimes you can fall asleep on God. And I just started to think, how many times has God wanted to do things in my life, but because I've been spiritually asleep, I miss out on opportunities. Today, I want to tell you this. Stay connected to power to live continually in passion. Today, maybe you've lost passion. You've lost fire in your relationship with God, with all he wants to do in your life, in your relationship, in your marriage, with your family, in your home, with your future. Today, stay connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. If you say, I don't want to fall asleep on God, come on, stay connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? 
He wants to use not just me and Diana, not just some of the pastors here, not just some of the staff, not just the dream team. He wants to use you. But you need to stay connected to the power. Acts chapters 18 through 20 are absolutely amazing. Again, if you've been with us the last five weeks, the book of Acts is like a big action movie. It's been absolutely amazing, right? Week one, we saw that the church uh, became empowered by the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit fell upon them in uh, the Pentecost and they, they came out speaking in tongues, praising people, thought they were drunk, remember that? And they're like, what kind of party is this? And it's a Holy Ghost party and ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't. Thank some of you grew up in church. I'm going to try that one more time. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't. Taking you back to our youth group days. <laughs> Holy Ghost party don't stop. And so they started praising, worshiping. Come on, a life full of the Holy Spirit is a life full of joy we talked about. And so we said spirit break out. Acts chapters 1 and 2, spirit breaks out. Acts chapters 3 to 12 is the early days of the church. And we see how the church keeps going in spite of difficulties, in spite of them being persecuted, and Peter rises up as a leader of the church and is absolutely beautiful. Week number three, we saw that God sometimes interrupts us on purpose. In fact, uh, in Acts uh, part three, we saw that that was Paul's first missionary journey. Paul's first missionary journey. In Paul's first missionary journey, he goes to Paphos, he goes to Iconium, he goes to Lystra, and uh, him and uh, John go all the way across, and then they go back to Antioch. After some time again, then they go on, their, on Paul's second missionary journey. Paul's second missionary journey, he goes to uh, Athens, he goes to Philippi, he goes to Corinth. In fact, this is where uh, Phil spoke about us last week, how to have joy in a prison cell. Because Paul now takes Silas with him and he ends up in prison in the city of Philippi. As he's going on his missionary journey, he ends up in prison. And at the midnight hour, they are praising and worshiping God. And the chains break loose and a whole jail cell gets saved. Amazing. Today is Paul's third missionary journey. He goes back to Antioch. After some time, he goes off again on the road. Paul was the greatest evangelist of all time. And he goes on the road again, a man who used to kill Christians and persecute Christians, now he's out making Christians. And nobody can stop him. Like he's been on fire for God. And he goes out and he goes through Ephesus and he goes to Troas and he's about to go back to Antioch. This is chapters 18 through 21. Are you following me? Paul's third missionary journey. Years later, he's on his third trip. And Paul knows that this might be the last time that he does this circle around the known world that they were at because he had eyes on Rome. He wanted to get to what was known as the capital of the known world. He's like, if I can get in a place of importance, if I can get into an impact city, then the gospel can go out even further. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Like, like I think some of us, we're, we don't understand. We're blessed because we're in the city of Miami, known sometimes as the capital to Latin America and many other countries. Our, our, our city is strategic, right? That's why it's important that we are away to all that God wants to do in the city of Miami. I think if Paul, if Paul only dreamed of the day that a church would be in a city like Miami, he would be dreaming and having visions. If we can get to a port city like Miami, we can take the gospel out through the internet. We can take it through cameras we can send missionaries out to different countries if I just get to a place but you got to be awake to understand where God wants to take you and so Paul had his eyes set on Rome 
And he says, this is the last time I'm going to visit some of these churches that I planted four, five, six years ago. In fact, he's at a city in chapter 20 called Troas. Somebody say Troas. He's in Troas. When he's in Troas preaching, he says, this is the last time I'm going to be preaching physically to them. So I'm going to go for a long preaching. <laughs> and he preaches all day. And he goes well into the night. He's going into midnight preaching. Like imagine we all just gathered here. I'm like, all right, take out your uh, notebooks. We're going to finish around two o'clock in the morning today. We're not going to watch the Dolphins game. (laughs) We're going to study the word of God. As he's doing this, there's a young man named Eutychus who decides to go and chill by a window And after some time, because Paul's being long-winded, he falls asleep at the window, and he falls out of the window. It's crazy that Luke would give us all these details of things that happened in the book of Acts, things that happened in the early church. Now, now, now again, today's, today's message is me kind of just wondering what happened in the life of Eutychus and what we could possibly learn. Why did Luke give us this detail? Why did he share this story with us? And as I was thinking about it and meditating on it, I thought that Eutychus, perhaps he was doing but not really being. Eutychus was in the place. He was in the house of worship. He was with the church gathered, but was he really a part of it? And the first thing that I thought of as we go to Acts chapters, I mean, chapters 18 to 21, part five, is that God, what he wants is relationship, not religion. God wants relationship, not religion. Eutychus, perhaps he was doing, but not being. He was there in service. He he was there listening to Paul, the legend himself. But was he really a part of it or was he just doing the motions? I think a lot of us sometimes, this is how we treat Christian life. This is how we treat church attendance. And this is how we treat all that God is doing around the world. Well, yeah, I'm a part of it. I'm a Christian. But are we really a Christian or are we just doing without really being? Are you following me? I mean, we go to church. We come here. We take notes. Like, I got notes. I got my Bible highlighted. Like, yeah, this is awesome. But as soon as church ends, we go back to our regular lifestyle Mondays through Saturdays. Don't pick up a Bible. Never talk to God. Don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We're really good at religion, really bad at relationship. But what God wants is relationship, not religion. And I think we're living in a time in a country where a lot of people are excelling at religion, but they are failing at relationship. Across the country, you will ask people, and they're like, yes, I believe in God. Absolutely, I'm religious. God doesn't want religion. He doesn't just want you to do. He wants you to be. I remember one time, one time, my friend, when we were in Sunday school, my friend, his, his dad's car broke down and his dad got to rent a 1995 Ford Mustang. The best car, the best car. When you were young, that was the car you wanted, right? And it was convertible. It was absolutely amazing. And I remember after church, we all got in his dad's car and he took us around Hialeah in a Mustang convertible. <laughs> It was beautiful. We had the time of our lives. The bad thing is, after a while, his car was ready, and a couple days later, he had to return it. It was a rental. He didn't own it. I wonder how many of us are either rented by God or owned by God. 
God, you can have me on Sunday, but on Monday, I'm going back to that relationship. I'm going back to those friendships. I'm going back to that toxic circle. God, you can have part of me, but not all of me. Today, I want to tell you, he wants to own you. He doesn't want to rent you. He doesn't just want half of your heart. He wants all of your heart. He has good things for you. Are you awake to all the plans, purposes, dreams, and blessings that God has for your life? Don't just show up and do. Be. A lot of us think we know God. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Not everybody that comes to church, not everybody that claims to be a Christian really has a relationship. He wants relationship, not religion. Relationship, not religion. You can be in the place and miss out on what God is doing. The Bible shares a story of Jacob who's running away. He falls asleep, puts his head on a rock, and he falls asleep. He gets awakened by God. And look what he says in Genesis chapter 28, verse 16. Jacob woke up from his sleep, and he said, the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. You can be in the very same place that the Spirit of God is in, and yet miss out on all that God wants to speak and do in your life. Don't let five years go by and say, the Lord is in this place and I did not even know it. The Lord wanted to do something in my marriage and I did not even see it. The Lord wanted me to raise my kids a certain way and I did not even see it. The Lord wanted me to do something with my finances and resources, but I did not even see it. Be awake to all that God wants to do. Have a relationship with him. Listen to him. How can he use you in such a time as this? How do we have a relationship with God? Jesus told us, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your, come on somebody, with all your mind. In other words, it's not just emotional. It's also intellectual. Your mind is in the place. You you are aware of what's going on. Are you following me, church? Is this making sense? I think a a lot of us, we have a nice emotional relationship with God. I love him and he loves me. And we post it on Facebook, but you don't have an intellectual relationship with God to wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you want to do today? Put that person on my path that I can speak to, prophesy to, and preach to, and evangelize to. God, help me. Who can I bless today? What can I do today? God, help me to love you with all my heart mind and soul but it takes relationship not religion in Acts chapter 20 Eutychus gives us an example of this but if you go one chapter before you see this one chapter before in Acts chapter 19 he's actually in the city of Ephesus and we know we get a letter from that it's the letter of Ephesians there you go you can say it boldly and have no fear you're right He writes a a letter to that church later, but he's in the city of Ephesus. While he's in the city of Ephesus, people are getting healed. People are getting delivered. It says that literally by his handkerchiefs, people were getting healed. Paul's using, uh, God's using Paul in a mighty way in the city of Ephesus. Some people who love religion see what Paul is doing and they want to copy it. They're called the seven sons of Sceva. And they say, whoa, if he's doing that, he has power. We can do it too. And so they go and they try to get a demon out of somebody. And they say, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, leave this man right now. The demons answer back. Hey, (laughs) that's scary. The demon says, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? 
because what they had was religion. They didn't have relationship. They just wanted it. They wanted the benefit of something without having the relationship of somebody. Come on, somebody. It's not just religion. It's relationship. The demon jumps on them and beats them all up and they run away naked. Acts chapter 19. It's a movie. You got to read it. Don't play with God. He doesn't just want motion. He wants relationship. Acts chapter 20. Eutychus, I wonder if just like the sons of Sceva, you were in the place but missing out on all that God had. Tell somebody, don't sleep on this. Don't sleep on this. Eutychus is in church. Paul is preaching. This is a hero of the faith. This is a legend. Like they know he used to murder Christians. Then I heard a story. God knocked him off some horse. He got saved. We still not sure. He might murder us while he's here preaching. This is weird. He's in the place. But Eutychus is so disconnected. He sits by a window. He sits by a window. A young man that sits by a window. Today, I wonder how our posture is in God's presence. The second thing that I want to know is posture to receive. Have a posture to receive. Eutychus is by a window looking out at the city of Troas. And I just wonder, again, this is me just looking at the text and wondering about the text and thinking, what was Eutychus thinking? Paul, a man of God, is preaching his heart out. The Holy Spirit is moving. I don't know about you, but when I'm here in service, worship is going on. I literally, I just pray, God, help me. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, people are getting healed. Eyes are opening. Marriages are being restored. You're setting people free. Addictions are being broken. But I wonder how many of us are sitting by the windows of life, just looking out. Can't wait for Chili's after service. (laughs) I wonder about my relationship. I wonder about this thing that's going on. The windows of life. You know what's the huge windows of life today? Social media. And we're worried more about our self-image than a weight to all that God wants to do in our life. We're worried more about who likes us, who follows us, who's commenting. We're worried about a lot of selfish things, looking out the windows of life and missing out on all that God wants to do in a moment. In the moment in God's presence, you can be changed forever. Like, I, don't, I hope you understand me. A moment in God's presence can change your life forever. That's why the psalmist says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand days elsewhere. Because one day in his presence, one moment in his presence, one second in his presence will open your eyes. Every chain has to break. Every person is healed. People are delivered. One second in the presence of God. I can't waste no time looking out the windows of life. And we just opened up the windows last year. (laughs) A bird. (laughs) Right? Like, how many of us are sitting in the windows of our life, looking at everything go by and missing out on what God wants to do? And if you're not careful, five years will go by in a moment. And all you've been doing is looking at the windows of life. And there's giftings and there's talents and there's God calls. And I think if we're not careful in church settings, we can easily look at whoever's on the platform and say, God, God wants to use them or whatever. No, this is about you. You have a God call. You were formed and made. In your mom's belly, he formed you, the Bible says. He knew your end from the beginning. Eutychus, what are you doing at the window? Your posture shows a lot. In fact, your position will determine your destination. 
Some of us are in here instead of leaning in saying, okay, God, what do you want to do? That's why we always say, don't show up to service 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in, and just say, okay, is this the last song now when service starts? No, get here 30 minutes before and prepare your spirit and say, God, I show up to your house to worship you. I already got my babies checked in. I'm here in service, ready to give you my full attention, my heart, my mind, my soul. God, I'm not sitting by the windows of life. I'm here with my heart prepared to worship you, to honor you. I'm part of the worship team. I'm part of God's church. So many of us are by the windows of life, life passing by. It's passing by on your marriage. It's passing by on your relationships. You're not taking care of all the blessings that God has given you. I'm not just talking about church life. What are you missing out in your own personal life? Have you taken full advantage of all the blessings that God has given you? Or are you asleep at the windows of life? The Bible tells us another example of a man who who sat by a window. His window was not literal, but he sat at the window's or the lap of a woman named Delilah. Samson. Everybody remember Samson? If you've never heard of Samson, Samson was the strongest man in Bible. He looked like Ulysses and he had biceps like him. Veins popping out just like Ulysses. Samson was strong. Now God had anointed Samson and God had actually separated him for a specific mission And he says, don't cut your hair. The power wasn't in the hair. It was in the vow that he made to God. The hair just was symbolic of that. And here comes Delilah. Delilah, the Bible says, literally vexed him. That means she was so persistent on him that eventually after three, four tries, he gives in and he says, okay, if you cut my hair, I lose all my power. In the middle of the night, she cuts his hair. The next morning, all the enemies rush in and he's lost his power. He's lost his strength because he fell asleep in the wrong place. Today, who's and what is that thing that's vexing you, causing you to fall asleep? Not just Samson. We see the disciples, Jesus, on the night of his arrest, right before they arrest him, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he takes three of his best friends, the three best friends that anybody could have. And Jesus, he's getting ready to seek and pray because he knows times of pain are coming, and he tells them to pray. He goes out to pray. He comes back, and he finds them sleeping. He goes out to pray again. He comes back, and he finds them sleeping. Goes off to pray. He's sweating, crying. God, if you can, this cross is going to be hard. But thank God that I have friends with me praying. He goes back and they're sleeping. Look what he tells them, Mark chapter 14, verse 38. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is. Today, some of us, we keep falling into certain addictions, into certain temptations, and we wonder why. It's because we've allowed the enemy to rock us to sleep. So we have religion. And we have a reclining posture, but we're not receiving all that God wants to do. Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He says, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. What's rocking you to sleep? What's entertaining you to the point where you miss out? on all that God wants to do in your life. Church, don't miss it. We're living in a time that is precious. Turbulent times don't mean fear. Turbulent times mean there's space for faith. So much things going on around the world. It's scary. No, it's time for the church to rise up with faith. 
but we're busy being entertained by TV, movies, actors, social media, likability, entertained. Look what Charles Spurgeon said, one of the greatest preachers to ever live. Charles Spurgeon said, Satan seeks to lure God's prophets into slumber. For he knows that dumb dogs that are given to sleep will never do any great injury to his cause. He must think it almost as well to have a Christian asleep as to have him dead. He would certainly sooner see him in hell. But next to that, he is most glad to see him rocked in the cradle of presumption fast asleep. If he can't kill you, he'll put you to sleep. And I wonder how many of us, we've let time go by and you got giftings and anointings and things that God has put and deposited in your spirit, but you've let the devil rock you to sleep. Rocking my baby on the treetop. And the spirit is moving. People are getting saved. Almost a million dollars given away to our city and to our world. Given away 500 book bags plus to kids in this city who don't have anything giving meals to the homeless once a month we go out and get blankets and clothes and meals seeing almost now over 14,000 people make a decision to follow Jesus in this church seeing get people of people getting healed of cancer of asthma of diabetes of leg pain of back pain but the whole time don't sleep on this he wants to use you don't sleep on this because you just might fall out of a window the Bible says Eutychus is falling asleep at a window to the point where the Bible says he was overcome by sleep in the Greek it literally meant a slow progression in other words his head was nodding you ever been to, <laughs> gave one of those like one of those head nods that would break your neck he was fighting it some of us are fighting some things in our life and if you're not careful, they'll overpower you. You're trying to fight this addiction. You're trying to fight this bondage. You're trying to fight this temptation. You're trying to fight that relationship. And if you just get a hold of the power of the Holy Spirit, you won't have to fight it because he fights it for you. You'll be awake with all that God wants to do in your life. Don't sleep on this. The Bible says Eutychus falls asleep and he falls out of the window. Imagine the church service. Everybody, ah! <laughs> people go running down and he's dead. Luke is a doctor. Remember, we studied this in week one. Luke is a doctor. For him to say in, in verse nine, I believe it is, that he was dead. He was dead. D-E-D, dead. His life gone. Fell out of a third story window. Paul goes rushing down the stairs. The Bible says that Paul covers him much like the prophet Elijah did to the widow's son. Covers him and he says, don't worry everybody. There's still life in him. Jesus did the same thing when he tells everybody, don't cry, she's only asleep. Because they knew the power of the Holy Spirit and what he wanted to do in the moment. See, Paul wasn't sleeping, Paul was aware. Are you aware to all that God wants to do? Sometimes you could be so asleep, you miss out on everything God wants to do. I'm out of time, but I want to share a quick story. I remember one time I shared this story millions of times, but it, it, it rocked me that I always love to share. We were at Denny's one time. We were having moon over my hammies, and we were having the best meal ever. And my friend, he was aware I was out of it. It was after youth group. My friend tells the waitress, what's going on in your life? Something's going on. I want to tell you God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose. The waitress just started crying. 
tears all over my mood over my hammies like just tears 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 and she had she says you have no idea what i'm going through that word that you just told me like who told you that who told you he says god he loves you and he wanted to remind you he has a plan and a purpose don't you give up yet he was aware while i was sleeping by a window Bible says Paul revives him. Today, if you've been asleep, I got good news. We'll finish with this. Acts chapter 20 through 21 reminds me there's always power to revive. Power to revive. Eutychus had fallen asleep. He fell down from a third story. Here's the interesting thing. Again, Luke talks details. Luke could have said there was a young man who fell asleep, fell out of a window. Paul revived him. Amazing. But, But Luke gave us a name. His name was Eutychus. The name in the Greek Eutychus literally means fortunate or lucky. Eutychus was fortunate that Paul was there. I'll put it a better way, which really means Eutychus was lucky that God was there. Because it wasn't Paul, it was God through Paul. Today, some of us You're fortunate to be in the house. You're fortunate to be watching online because you might have fallen asleep, but thank God for his grace. Thank God for his love. You're fortunate. You're lucky because grace is in the house. His name is Jesus. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. He can revive you. He can bring you back to life. Come on, that's the power of God. Today, if you've gone to sleep, wake up. There's grace in the house. Today, you can be another Eutychus today maybe you say I've gone to sleep I've fallen asleep look what Paul says later on to the church in Rome he says don't burn out Romans chapter 12 verse 11 don't burn out keep yourselves fueled and aflame be alert servants of the master cheerfully expectant don't quit in hard times pray all the harder come on be alert cheerfully expectant what are you expecting for the end of this year more than a Christmas gift, more than a sugar foot, honey, boo-boo. What are you expecting God to give you? What are you expecting God to do in your life? Or are you going to let another year go by and miss out on all his plans and purposes? Power to revive Eutychus, fortunate, lucky in the Greek, but in the spirit, it was the Holy Spirit bringing him back to life. Today, we're fortunate that the Holy Spirit is here. There's grace for you. Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, he says, Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Today, if you've been asleep, let that speak to your soul. Awake, awake, awake. Don't sleep on it. Kind of crazy because I was... I was actually working on the message on Friday morning and I hadn't connected my laptop and all of a sudden my laptop had low battery and I get this message right in the middle of my screen and it says, your Mac will sleep if not connected to power soon. I said, wow. You live disconnected, you'll fall asleep. Stay disconnected, you'll fall asleep. Five years will go by and you'll fall asleep to what God wants to do in your marriage what he wanted to do in your home with your kids, what he wanted to do in your life. How is God going to use you over this next year? 
How is God going to use your life over the next five years? Maybe you're saying, Alex, I don't have a five-year goal or a 10-year goal. Start to get some vision inside your life and say, God, you can use me too. You can use my marriage. You can use my family. Get the power of the Holy Spirit to revive you today on the inside and say, revive me, oh God. Revive me. Bring me back to life. Let me get back in the game. I'm not going to sleep in all that you have for me. I'm not going to go to sleep on your move. I'm not going to go to sleep on your spirit. Wake me up today. Wake me up to your plans. Wake me up to your purposes. Wake me up to serve you, to live for you, to give you glory, to give you honor. Come on, there's power to revive. Say, Lord, bring revival. Bring revival over my life. Bring revival over my family. Bring revival over my marriage. Bring revival over my life. Come on, church, why don't we lift up our hands? Why don't we sing it today, Lord? Send revival. Send revival, God, over our hearts, over our lives. They will be hungry and thirsty for you. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, we're leaving in just a moment. I know we went a little bit over time, but if you're here, if you're watching online, and you don't have a relationship with God. If you're saying, Alex, this is the first time I come, first time I watch, or maybe you've been coming or watching for a little bit, but you still don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you're saying, Alex, I've been really good at religion. I thought I knew God, but to be honest, I don't have a relationship with him. I want to tell you today, he loves you so much, and he desires a real relationship with you. He doesn't want you just to have a relationship with a church or a pastor or a family or community. He wants you to have a relationship with him. Talk with him. Walk with him. He's real. He will speak to you. He'll show you things that you can't imagine. The Bible says that all of us were sinners and our sin separates us from God. God is good. God is awesome. But we're sinners and our sin, it causes a barrier between us and God. The Bible says that God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus came into this world. He got my sins and your sins. And the Bible says Jesus paid for the sins of the world. I want to tell you today, he loves you just as you are. He also loves you so much, he won't leave you as you are. Today, he wants to make you new. He wants to help you. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I'm going to count to three. And if you're in here, if you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I want forgiveness for all of my sins. I want a brand new beginning. I want a relationship with God, whether you're here or watching online. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. If you're watching online, say me. I'm making this decision. Type it in the chat. One, two, three. Raise your hand. You're saying, I need a real relationship. I need forgiveness. God bless you. 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 Amazing. 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 You can put your hands down. If you're watching online, let us know in the chats, Facebook or YouTube, you're making that decision today. With every eye closed, with every head bowed. All of you who raise your hand here online, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. We're all going to say it together as one big family. Repeat after me out loud in one strong voice because the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's what we're doing in this moment. We're all going to say it together. One voice. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrect me. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. Amen, amen, and amen. Awesome. Come on, God is good. Hands went up across the auditorium. I think hands went up online as well. And if you made a
Fishy, we want to congratulate you. In fact, as we go outside, I know there's cake and all that. There's also a tent. It's our Connect tent, our Connect corner. Pass by and pick up a free Bible from us to you. We love you. And if you're watching on, we'll mail one out to you. Make sure you get in contact with us. We love you, church. Come on. Anybody ready for all that God has this fourth quarter? Come on, let's leave out of here worshiping with hands up. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Lord, send revival. This week will be for us.